1: Welcome back to A Matter of Truth. My name is Anthony. We're on episode 30, the uh, last episode of 2021, and I am joined with my co-host, Alex. Finally. Finally.
0: Yes. Finally. I'm, I'm I'm back on again. Again. Uh, yeah. It's like our third time this year. <laughs> it, you know, that's crazy. We're at the end of
1: 2021,
0: and this is like... <laughs> You're right. It's like your third, third time. Yeah, it, um, it's been such a crazy year, and yeah. with everything going on, you know, we we I I mean we we've had hundreds of conversations this year, back and forth, text messaging, phone calls, yeah. and we keep telling each other, hey, we need to record this week, we need to record this week, and it just yeah. like it just never went anywhere with yeah. it, and. Finally we committed to uh, a show back in November, which was great and then we had uh, you'll be on our, the round table with me and now we've got this so we're, we're picking up a, a hopefully a, a, r- a pattern a routine here where we can yeah spend a uh, 30 45 minutes recording an episode maybe an hour depending on on topics that you're gonna throw at me and <laughs> uh, and just go with it right. so.
1: Yeah, we did three. You're right. We did one with uh, we had the guest on David Jenkins, yep. uh, Bible, Bible literacy, and then we also did kind of just a mixed match. It was the you know, um, kind of sinking back up was 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 what we covered and some harmonetic stuff, and um, and this makes number three, right? Kind of a year end, yeah. Kind of, but you know what? But I'm not going to just do the year end and what I want to talk about. I kind of want to look back at. We've been on since May 2020, believe it or not. So mm-hmm. we actually hit we hit our year mark this past May 2021, but we didn't we didn't make any noise <laughs> noise about it because uh, you were kind of in and out of pocket, and, and this is kind of a joint venture. So mm-hmm. this is a joint venture, I should say. Um, so I kind of wanted to look back at the the whole breath of a matter of truth from, from when we started wow, and, and kind of talk, talk a little bit about a couple of the episodes yeah, and, um, and then maybe bring, bring it back to some kind of some, some basic stuff, you know, maybe towards the end of the conversation. But um, what I found was really super interesting is going back and, you know, being the geek that I am looking at statistics and I only look at statistics because it's like, you know, Hey, let's see how we're tra- how, how, how certain episodes trend. And I, I could honestly, I could care less, but you know that's what you kind of do when you get into the podcasting world. Yeah. I, I, I some people don't. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. And I it's mean just a, I do on my show and, yeah. and 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 on this one because it just helps us to see. Okay, are we hitting the right audience? Are we uh, engaging with people on the right level? Is what we're saying is this edifying to people? Do they enjoy this content? Do we keep doing it? If we didn't have anybody listening to the show, then we wouldn't be doing it. But thankfully there's like four of you out there that listen (laughs) (laughs) right right and you can and you look at trends because i mean the
1: reality of it is some people like some of the banter some people don't you know some shows are kind of based around just kind of general type things and you know you just you kind of look because ultimately um our mission and what we're trying to do is just biblical truth Mm. um you know to at its core, obviously. And so that's what drives us, but you know, how we present it is kind of the way I look at like, okay, what are we doing? And let's look at some, you know, some numbers and things like that. And what I found was, and, and, and maybe we will touch on each one of these, but in looking at, um, the numbers, uh, the top, I'll use the word trending, Top trending um, episode was leaving the seeker friendly churches. Oh and yes. we had a guest. We had a guest on. Right. Um, and uh, the the next one up here uh, is from there. We go into. Let me see here. Um, we have um, Alex returns. From the dark side. Oh yes, that was number two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to, I had to find that one. I wanted to, I wanted to get that in there. But then no, that is literally number two. That's funny. Um, Yeah, and then let's see here. Um, women's ministries. We had a guest on. Um, that was Izzy, and that ranked number four. Um, and then coming in, we we uh, back from the dead with some basic. Harmeneutics that was the return of Alex yep, yep. and then biblical illiteracy a church epidemic um, at following up that one so I you know I, I thought it was it was kind of a wide breadth of, of topics that you know kind of you know ranked at the in, you know in the top four or five mm-hmm. um, and starting with I wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, from your perspective, and I don't know if you remember much of the conversation, I'm sure you do, um, leaving the Seeker Friendly Churches, uh, and, you know, we had a guest on, and he actually had left uh, Rick Warren's church, yep. church, uh, which is a huge church, and I think since that episode, I actually, I'd actually love to, um, to have him back on, uh, you know, Rick Warren is, you know, kind of stirred the pot again by ordaining, you know, women pastors within, within this church. And I I saw there was a whole, you know, Twitter firestorm going on about that. I think it was last month, but you know, I'd love to get your, your perspective and let's talk a little bit about why that, why do we think that particular episode, um, just seemed to strike a chord?
0: Well, I I think there's, you know, I'm, I'm, if I'm looking at like our analytics, um, you know, just to kind of put everything into perspective, as you said, we're we, we've been doing the show for a year and a half. Uh, we started in May of 2020. Yep. And so, I mean, we're yeah, a year and a half into it, we've gotten almost 13,000 total downloads, which is huge. I yeah, mean, that's substantial because w- the other aspect to it is we haven't produced a lot of shows. That's right. You know, I think I think we're only at like what thirty, maybe.
1: This is number thirty. Yeah. yeah.
0: So we 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 have not produced many shows, and right. but I, but I think the concepts that we take to people are intriguing. And so if I'm looking at like our analytics, um, you know, the total downloads for the seeker friendly church is 774. The next one is 645, and then five, and then there's a whole bunch of them right in a row at the high 500s and then our first episode at 499. So between these top 10, we have most of our viewership in it. Um you know, there's probably well over 20% of our views or you know, downloads come from just uh this small portion of shows that we've done. Yeah. And you know, I think there's uh I'm trying to think. Even our lowest episode has has 191 epi- uh, downloads to it, and then from there it shoots up to some of these drive-bys that we've done. Yeah, and uh, the Q and As. You know, is at 353, and, and so these are substantial numbers for just a little bitty show that you and I decided to to rock a few years ago. And, yeah, yeah, and so when yeah, I. And we- and we, and we don't
1: really, I was just going to say we, and we don't really, um, my, my, my position has always been, you know, we want the Lord to grow this. Right. Yeah. And we have talked about that. So, and, and that's kind of the reason why, and remember what you're going to say. I don't mean, didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> that. I wanted to, I wanted to add this in there. You know, we wanted the Lord to grow this and, and do what he wills with it. And that's why we don't do a lot of, of, um, you know, for us, we don't do a lot of the lives, say on Instagram or right. YouTube. We, you know, um, we had we we decided jointly not to do any kind of Patreon. We decided to incur this ourselves because this is something that um, you know we we've been blessed to be able to do. So this is just something that you know we're taking on ourselves. And um, so that being said, the short is that you know we don't put a ton of marketing in. We're going to let the Lord kind of grow this, and you know, and, and we're looking at. You know, doing maybe some marketing here and there, but ultimately, I think the Lord has done a, a, just an awesome thing, like you just pointed out, over the, you know the course of these just just thirty shows, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. And and I and I think too, you know, one of so one, I'm going to kind of backtrack a little bit before I get into my answer on the question you asked me like 14 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. Um the, what We do it's rabbit, holes. The rabbit hole galore. If you know this, you know <laughs> it. Um, yep. So when I when when Paul and I sat down and we talked about what we wanted to do for Undying Light, we 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 had to come up with a concept of a show, and it, very similar to ours, but more topical in, in its in its roots. And so if you go back and look at you know our early shows, you can see how we kind of tried to follow a pattern of teaching you know the Calvinistic faith, and uh, then we got into Some unique shows, and I'm actually going to bring up my history here. You know, I'm not going to go into all the finer details of the numbers, but I just want to kind of touch base on some stuff. Um, you know, I've done (laughs) I've done 190 episodes on Wow Undying Light, so there's a few of them here. So we've been at this since February. I've been a podcaster since February of 19. And one of the things that we Paul and I started to do was we took on the topic of tulip and we ran that for a number of episodes mm-hmm. and and then we had uh paul did a did a series on hermeneutics we had our round tables in there uh we had Jason from daily Reformation on with the prosperity gospel and more hermeneutics and so there's a lot of uh, and then i did the 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 um, kind of journey through the Christian landscape, modern Christian landscape, but all of these shows are well and fine. And, but they, they didn't really have much of a a rhyme or reason. They're kind of just out there. And so that's why I'm really, I kind of treasure what I do now on the show, because I want, I want it to be kind of expected. Like this is what's going to happen week to week. And, you know, right now we're we're going through an exegeting scripture, and we've covered a whole book of Revelation, Song of Solomon, Esther, and now we're into Ecclesiastes. And when I when we started to look at kind of the construct of podcasts, um, there's not a lot of shows out there that do that. There's there's some out that will read scripture. There's some that will explain scripture. Then there's a lot of topical podcasts, and in the topical podcast world, it's very similar structure to ours. There's some probably opening banter and then there's the topic at hand and then they discuss it. Um, and they might even go through like a small series on a particular topic do to, you know, a couple parts of a show if you would. Yeah. And, and I think we found a really unique niche with the structure of ours. And, and even though it still falls into that kind of like Q and a aspect, uh, it, it's not real topical, because there's really no rhyme or reason for what we talk about on the show for the most part, we might get an idea in our head and we're we'll like, hey, we're going to we're gonna do a show on that. But there's no, like, consistent, like, outline that we follow for the show week to, you know, month to month or however often we record. And so, I mean, if you look at, like, the drive-by episodes, they were just things that were, you know, revel- relevant in our immediate time. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and then the topics we just were like, you know, talked about women's ministry earlier this year. We talked about um all of these different things. You've had a couple of really high episodes that you've produced by yourself. And then and then we get to the leave in the seeker friendly church. And I think, you know, if you kinda landscape or survey the landscape of, of social media, that there's a lot of people caught in the false church movement. And so Yeah. I think that's why it really drew such a a you know overabundance of people listening. Um I I wouldn't say that we I mean it, it could very well be that 774 individual people listened to this episode. But I also know by conversations I've had, people go back and will listen to an episode two or three or five times. Yeah. Because yeah. because the content is so is so rich.
1: Yeah, you know what's interesting about that is when um we did it and like all all the episodes, they kind of grow organically, and that's great. And uh, but we decided, this was one of the ones we decided, hey, let's let's put this back out there because just seeing the landscape kind of shifting yep. over the last couple of years within the seeker friendly churches, we decided, you know what, this would be a really good episode. It was a great conversation. It was one of our first ones. It was the first one we had. It was our first guest ever, David Sanchez, um out in California. So we were like, let's, let's have a guest on. And, and you're right. That's what we do. We're just like, let's do this. Let's do that. Let's, you know, we just kind of, we're we're winging it just like you would pick up your phone and call somebody and you have a conversation. So, um, and I think you hit it right on the head. I think that a lot of people, especially out in, you know, YouTube land, social media land, um, Instagram land, um, they, you know, they get bits and pieces of seeker friendly church, uh, you know, sermons or things. And some people are like, well, what is a secret friendly church? I actually had a bunch of people, um, email me that, yeah. uh, what, what are you talking about? seeker friendly church churches? Um, so yeah, I think you're spot on. I think it's, it's a topic that's at the top of people's mind and maybe there are people that have listened to it that are sitting in those types of churches and they don't even realize it. Yeah. Right.
0: Yep. You know, and that's, I, I I think you nailed it because it's it, 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 there is so many people that just they 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 can't quite discern what they're listening to just because they're just new to their faith or they're not as well read in in scripture um, and so when you see you know us trying to promote a show. Uh, we're not doing it out of sheer desire to get follows and listens. We, we we frankly don't care. What we want is the word of God to be demonstrated and and proclaimed and broadcasted. Yeah. And, and so when we promote, you know, we heavily promoted the Seeker Church episode because we wanted people to hear this content that yeah. that this individual went through and and all the struggles and fights and you know all of that was i think really made this to be our number 1 episode
1: yeah and you know th- that's a great point um because david um you know he's out there on instagrams so i think it's saved sanchez as you can find him but uh-huh. um it's so interesting cuz you know uh, you know how instagram the algorithms work certain things will pop up like and and i'll st- and i'll be on a post and i see that he commented and i'm reading some of his comments to to some folks and they are so um, they are so biblical, and they are they're done in such kindness and gentleness, pointing to Scripture mm-hmm. that it bl- it blows my mind. Uh, he's a wonderful individual. I don't, you know I think we've only talked to him once during that uh, conversation, but on Instagram we've had back and forths with him, and his perspective. Um, about leaving the church uh, of Rick Warren Saddleback is is really excellent. I, I think people should if, if you haven't listened to it, definitely check it out. Um, I've al- I've always said I'd love to have him back on, but you know it kind of segues into and, and I missed this. I'm glad you pointed this out our, our second, our second, uh, the number two episode, the second one, you're right. It was at, uh, it was at 6:45, And I mean, to us, that's, you know, Hey, we're doing pretty good. Um, to other people who have been podcasting, that's uh, probably low numbers, but we don't care, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, is the vital signs of a biblical church. Yeah. And I, you know, we tackle that topic. I had a, I had a guest on cause, uh, you were out of pocket it was during, um, during the, the time when, You were getting ready to have a baby. You were still, uh, you know, uh, moving into the whole pastoral thing, and so we. I had a guest on Tony Bennett, and and we broke down some some key um, elements about, you know, what are vital signs of a of a biblical church? What does that look like? And that's, I mean, I think it's interesting that you know, leaving that seeker friendly church, which clearly points to it not being very biblical. And Mm -hmm. David even says that, and, uh, and we talk about that, and then looking at the vital signs. Being the number two, um, I just think it's like you know they're bookended, right? Yeah, because you need to know what a what a biblical church looks like, right?
0: Yep, Yeah. and and you know it it's uh, it's it's really interesting for me because you know I, I've been a pastor now for a, a hair over a year. Uh, I've been preaching for a few years, but. I, you know it's funny because even people who are lifelong members in a church don't realize what they're missing out on until somebody comes and preaches a sound biblical message. Oh yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Spot on, bro.
0: And that is
1: so true. I
0: I think it's uh I think it's troubling really to say that uh you know everybody in a church gets good sound preaching because reality shows they don't. And, and I think that's why these two episodes really were huge for us because we start to break down what's going on in the show or what's going on in in the, the church today. And, you know, I mean, I, I was just curious and looking back in my, uh, show's, Stuff and I, you know, I as I mentioned earlier, I did that series on the modern Christian church, and you and I were on the mic together for modern worship. And that's right, yeah, you know, I did, uh, you know, walk through the bookstore, I did the Christian music, I did sermons, you know, like all of these things to kind of build out what a biblical church should look like. And each of those episodes are in my top, you know. 30% Thirty percent of episodes listened to because people desire to hear that stuff. They desire to hear the the what does it you know what does it mean to be in a biblical church? Because they may just not realize it. Yeah, and and the
1: thing is, if if they're not given, like you said, it, it, when you have a sound, uh, you know, a, a sound pastor come in. I think one of two things happen. You're going to have people in the congregation. Um, they're either going to uh, they're going to sit back and they're going to listen to this sound preacher who is who's going to scripture to going to scripture and and, and preaching and they're they're not going to know what hit them. So you're going to have that side of it. and They're going to be like, whoa, what is this? I I haven't heard anything quite like this. And it's it's either going to be it's going to be offensive or it's going to be it's going to it's going to trigger something. And a fire is going to be lit. and They're going to be like, "Wow, this is so different that I want more of this." And I mean, you, you know, you, you see it. You, you see it in you know, just in the. Uh, I remember watching the uh, way back the the Stephen Furtick preaching, and then Matt Chandler comes up, and you're like, "Wow, what what just happened here?" Mm-hmm. And you know, and if if people, you know, you don't you you don't know what you're missing until until you get a taste of it. And it's particularly important because, I mean, there's so many people, you know, that that are embedded in these seeker-friendly word of faith type of churches. And, you know, they, they want to call themselves Christian, right? Yet they don't want to fully embrace the teachings of scripture, right? And they, they only, they're only getting their, uh, their daily dose of scripture from a from a pastor yeah. at that particular moment, and that's that's it. Whereas in you know in looking at the vital signs of a biblical church, much like you did, you know we broke down and we looked at different areas of what makes a church you know sound and biblical. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and one of the things that we pointed out and we touched on was how important discipleship is.
0: Yeah, and. Uh... I mean, you, I think you really n- nailed it with all that. I mean, it's just, I think there's a there's an urge, a need, a drive in people to l- go in and fetch sound biblical doctrine. And so it's a, you know, I, I think, you know, to, to produce a show like that and to allow people to listen to it, I think it helps to bring, you know, some truth into their ears that they may not have otherwise heard. And something that is, is exceptionally vital to their success as a Christian. And it just means that we have to, you know, kind of hold people's hands, but that's just what we have to do. I mean, you know,
1: if you think about it, back in, um, you know, if you look in, in Acts eleven twenty six, and, you know, you, you look at the, you know, what was taking place in, in the city of Antioch with being termed uh, Christians, I mean that that was not that was not a badge you'd want to go around wearing in, in that particular time. Yeah, I mean they you know they had them they had a, they had a marker on their back, and you know it, it's so interesting because I think you know I mean the term that Jesus gave his followers were disciples, right? Disciple a disciple is one who follows you know the teaching of another. That's just the basic definition, and you you can look in like Matthew nine fourteen or. Um, Matthew 22, 16, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we talk about, you know, the, these different types of these churches and, you know, they, they're so quick to adopt, well, I'm a Christian or I'm a disciple of Christ, but, you know, what does it really mean to be a Christian? Because the thing about that is, you know, a disciple of Christ is, is to be one who follows the teaching of Christ, right? Jesus said, "Is the true disciples are those who abide in his word in John eight thirty one. And like, why don't you like from a, from a, from a, from a pastor standpoint, why don't you kind of go into a little bit about, cause this, this is, this is pertinent to, I think leaving a seeker friendly church. And then what are the vital signs of a church and talk a little bit about what it, what does it mean? Or what, what does Alex say about, what does it mean to abide in Christ? Because I, I mean, I, I know what it means. I, I'd love to hear you kind of expound on, on that term, because I, I think it's a it's, it's an amazing term, abiding in the Word, abiding in Christ. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, um, if I had answered that question a year and a half ago, my answer would be completely different than what I would say today, and mm-hmm. and that's mostly because my hermeneutics have changed and my approach to reading and understanding Scripture. But uh, let let's. Let's kind of break this down if we can. So we let's let's kind of look at the landscape of the modern church, um, and we'll do it in a very quick uh, screenshot because there's a lot of caveats and different rabbit holes to go down. But most people in the church today uh, that are relatively young in age, and I and I say you know probably 16 under and younger, they want they want entertainment. They want to be dazzled. They want you know, good uplifting messages because the world is quote unquote so dark. They just need to feel good when they leave. And so a lot of these churches cater to that. And that's a big thing that the seekers seeker sensitive churches did was uh, construct their service around, guess what? Grabbing people who were seeking a church. Oh yeah. That that
1: percentage has to be high of of what you just outlined with respect to um, and I don't have specific numbers, so I, you know I won't name any. But you know, what is the percentage they spend on exactly what you just said? Yeah. You know, the worship, the coffee, you know, the <laughs> announcements, and how much time is spent on the actual preaching and yeah. expounding and digging into Scripture. Yep.
0: And you know, if it's it kind of the same construct in every church that's out there in terms of um, the modern Christian church. So I preach in a Lutheran church, and it's a 162 years old. So it's a historical landmark. And the church itself has not really changed too much since its glory days. We still have the same altar. We still have the same uh, worship area. The sanctuary is still the same. Uh, Some minor updating and things like that have happened, obviously. But the church hasn't changed. Now, if I go down to Des Moines... There's a big mega Lutheran church down there called Hope Lutheran, and I think they have north of five or 8,000 members. I don't know if they're ELCA-affiliated or what their current Senate is, but that really doesn't matter. Uh, what matters is if you go there, it's kind of the same construct. It's a new building. It's got all these flashing lights on the outside, and they do all this you know, all of these things to grab your attention and get you to come in to worship with them. Uh, I don't know the, the messages that are preached there, but I can venture to say that most of the churches that have that construct are not preaching a sound biblical message. And what I mean by sound biblical message, <clears throat> and you can take this in in either direction, we can either say we exegete scripture and, and teach it, or you preach the long and gospel. And I've kind of found my niche in doing a combination of both when I preach uh, I want <clears throat> to excuse me give a little bit of history of what I'm preaching about I want to talk about what I'm what we're going through I want to un you know I want to hatch open this this shell that I'm working on and explain the text um, case in point this past Sunday I preached on Luke chapter 2 verses 41 through 52 and it was the time of Jesus in the temple when he was 12 years old there's an uh, there's a number of ways to handle this text from a from a from a sound biblical perspective. There's a there's a lot of different caveats that you can do. There's a lot of things that you could teach on. So it's a it's a pretty wide open text. And but there are also uh bad ways to handle any text. But if I were to just stand there and explain the text to you just exegete it and say okay this is what happened in first century israel you know this is what jesus must have experienced this is what his parents experienced oh and then they have this little uh you know she mary gets offended because she finds jesus in the temple on the third day you know and if if all i did was explain it i'm not giving you any gospel i'm not giving you any promise or any truth i'm just telling you what the scripture is saying and so I've taken a little bit of that and I've molded it into this law gospel preaching that Luther was famous for. And, 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 and if I read some of his sermons, he kind of has some of that uh, concept as well. But then he's also got, you know, he goes off into the weeds quite a bit. But, you know, his preaching is focused heavily on law gospel. So he'll take a passage and he'll, you know, hammer out the law that's present in there and what and what it's doing to people and then he'll deliver the gospel at the end to save them out of that, right? And so, if you were to construct that sermon, um, this and this is how I phrased it out. I explain the situation that Mary and Joseph find themselves in, and then I simply lead with this question: Mary and Joseph were searching for Jesus in all the wrong places because they they went and sought with their relatives and acquaintances, and then they go back to Jerusalem. And they probably are picking up every stone in the town trying to find Jesus. And where is he at? He's in his father's house doing his father's work. So the law may not be present or you know openly demonstrated in this passage. But if you just start to work on it a little, you can find that there's this concept of Mary and Joseph finding, Jesus, searching for Jesus. And it's the same thing that Christians do. We, we often try to find Jesus or in our works in our attitude our behaviors our obedience our dedication to doing X Y and Z and we fail to realize that Jesus isn't going to be present in the places he doesn't promise to be but we do know where Jesus is and that is in his word he's in the church he's there it is walking with us yeah and so we have to understand you know what the truth of the text is that Christ is still going about doing his father's work and so that's kind of the the direction I took that sermon and so you know the the style of preaching I I've, I've had a few people mention to me they're like boy I've never really heard anybody preach like that before and you know and and the the previous pastor who was here for 20 years was a, a phenomenal preacher and a great guy and I have a lot of respect for what he's done here in the community and I just I, I think it's funny because there's a very distinct difference between the way he preached and the way I preach. And, and and rightly so. I mean, not every pastor is the same, nor do you want every pastor to be the same. You need people to bring their own personality to the table. And you need people to I mean, case in point, John MacArthur and Votie bacham aren't the same people when they preach. Right. Right. Um, you know, Martin Luther wasn't the same as John Calvin. Right. So there's there's this, you know, sharp distinction between people and their personalities. Right. And, but, and, but of
1: course the tying line or the, the tenets of, of our faith, they're, they are, they, they, they are the same throughout, you know, whether yes. it's Luther, Calvin, uh, Bauckham or MacArthur or washer, um, th- those, you know, those types of things. So
0: you're out, you're spot on, spot on. And I would venture to say too, that if we are, um, searching for a particular type of preacher um because we want because we want something internally and we want to neglect the local church, uh, we're doing a great disservice to our Christian walk. And so true. And and here's the here's the kind of the caveat, if you would, to what I'm trying to get at. In the Christian walk, there's the active and passive manner of our faith. The active side of our faith is us reading our Bible, us praying, us doing work, us going to church, us doing this, us, it's all work. It's work, work, work. And which if we boil that down to, it's us trying to do the law well. And you can you can build this out to say that, you know, because exp- you'll get people on social media that say, well, if you're not reading your Bible every day, then you're obviously not a good Christian. Well, okay. Well, Jesus doesn't actually tell us that we have to read the Bible every day. But hey, thanks for There's, yeah, there was no Bible back. Then. Yeah, there was no Bible with Jesus. Went.
1: I mean, yeah, we kind of need to consider again. You know, uh, you know, they didn't. There was no Bible to go read, and like, what? How did they handle things? How did they do things? Right. So, yeah, that's another another point. It's but a whole anyway, nab- another rabbit hole. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> but if if all I do is hammer on somebody and say you have to do these things. You know, and oh, another big one on social media is uh, they'll know you by your fruit, mm-hmm. and that is a if you are a Christian, then those around you would be able to uh, s- to be demonstrated in your and by your fruit. Like they can tell that you're a Christian because you do things that you know unChristian people would do. And and I, it's funny because I had this conversation with my professor, and he's like, so. Uh, who's going to be the fruit police? <laughs> and he's like, you know, are you going to go out and measure somebody else's fruit, you know, just to right. determine whether or not you think they're a Christian, right? And right. and and so we get so worked up into and I actually preached on this Sunday a little bit this uh, um, moralistic spirituality and and I said it simply boils down to this: it's ladder theology. We build a ladder, we try to climb up to God. And we do so through our own abilities, and we fail to see that God actually came down to us in the form of Jesus Christ. And he continues to come to us through the preaching of his word, through the sacraments. And, you know, and, and so it has absolutely nothing to do with us working ourselves to God. It is God coming to us directly. Uh, yeah, and, and I think just to interject here about the fruit, I, I think... You know, when people
1: use that, it's it's kind of like they use it a little too loosely mm-hmm. um, with brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, clearly, clearly, you know, and you got to look at that that script that scripture in context. First thing, number one, number two, you can clearly see, um, you know, this perpetual um, activities and and um, you know, like the Church of the Glades down in down in Florida, you can look at their fruit because they are bearing fruit. But it's just not fruit from God. Okay, Um, so I think it's a fine line and just using discernment and just being careful how you use that phrase with your brothers and sisters in Christ, you know, because that term is not meant to be thrown around to judge folks. Yeah, exactly. um, You know, brothers and sisters in Christ that, you know, and and saying, well, what have you done? You know, I I, I think, again, it's it's it's. To, I, at least I take it very much like look at the, look at the grand scheme because everybody's going to say something that is is off. I mean, R.C. Sproul always said that. I mean, come on, you're never going to find a perfect Christian. You're never going to find somebody who's right. who can nail the perfect doctrine, perfect perfect theology. You know, we we all make mistakes, and there are always errors in, in some of the things we say, and we we correct it when we find it or it's called out. Yep. The issue is these other these churches that are just you know it's blasphemy what's going on in these churches and what's coming out of the pulpit right yeah that's it, where you that's where you can apply right. and you know that in proper context right. am i wrong
0: no no you're you're spot on cuz i was going to go and and hopefully help maybe clear clarify or further explain or further demonstrate what you're saying and and it is a contrasting point to my style of preaching and look i don't have it all figured out i i am not you know, I, there's so many caveats to the to the Christian faith that I just don't—I I haven't had time to work through them all yet. But I can tell you I'm firm in the big things, and I can tell you that my faith rests in the big things. And from there, we can, you know, work and talk and have these conversations over things that are maybe not so primary. And right. in, in, in any of that— I I and, and I will always boldly tell people that it's not me doing the sermon preaching; it's the Holy Spirit through me. It is you know I sit down and I ponder my sermons and I pray, and I say, you know God, I need direction. I pray the night before I write my sermons. God, I need inspiration. I need you to be present with me. I need you to help guide me and where you want this message to go. And, that's a that's a that's a great point. And yeah. I think it it definitely has helped, yeah. And, and I, you know, I wouldn't say I preach bad messages, but I can tell you, I've had bad messages that I've preached. Um, because every pastor does. There's gonna be right. there's gonna be people out there that are. I, you know, I come home on a Sunday after church because I'm always the last one to leave, and first one there, last one out. That's my mindset with church. And I get home and I look at my wife. I'm like, How was that train wreck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was fine. I'm like, uh, are you sure? Because I'm pretty sure I I screwed up so much. I,
1: I feel like that every time we do an episode. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: I feel that, man. I totally I, feel it's, that.
0: And it, but it's so real, right? And, yeah, I mean, it is. It, it really is. It's that that like sensation that you're like, am I, you know, am what am I doing impacting the people in my congregation? Or in yeah. our case, is, or is this episode that we're recording? Impactful for those who are listening, and I and I hope so. I think this is a great episode that we just kind of decided to throw together. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you know, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to. Nope, no, you finished. <laughs> uh, I was going to go and and say that because I don't have all the answers, I, I can tell you that I solely rely on the Word of God to take me through my sermons. If I am in a church and I hear. I guess you could say in a, in a false church or in a bad church, there's probably a handful of different ways to you, to preach. Uh, the most common and famous one is the self glorification. It's you know selfism at its best. It's the Stephen Furtick's, uh, the Joel Osteen's, Smiling Joe down in in Houston. Um, those guys preach a selfism type message, and Christians like it. Because I'll tell you, I'll put up like a Chris Roseboro video on my page where he's dissecting a Stephen Furtick or I'll put up a Stephen Ferdict where somebody else is taking him apart. And I get so much hate. I get so much hate for it because, uh, you know, it's the I, I should not judge. Have I reached out to him directly and and, and confronted him? Come on. Yeah. I, it's the same. Yeah. Same garbage every time.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, you know, the thing about it is, is, and I've heard people say, you know, that's, you know, you gotta, you gotta progress with the time it's the culture, you know, his style of preaching, you know, that's the, okay. You strip all of that away. And this is what we do. You strip all that away and look at what his message is because the word of God, sorry, that's not open to debate discussion or to be changed. Okay. So that's what we're looking at. And that's why he gets picked apart. Yep. Period. And I mean, that's just how it is. And, you know, you touched on something that was really interesting. And it, um, you said about what you do, you know, you, you go to the word of God. And, and the reality of it is, I think what we're talking about with, you know, abiding in the teachings of Christ, abiding in his word, John 8, 31, right? Yep. It's, you know, you, you come to the realization and, and this is this is about reading scripture. Spiritual nourishment is, I mean, it's dependent on the word of God. And the Bible is the light that shows us the way. And that's the beautiful thing about, that's what pulls you into scripture. And each day, it's not about climbing some, like you said, some Lutheran ladder or Calvin ladder or some theology ladder. It's about God giving us our spiritual nourishment. And the only way we're going to get that is not in a closet by ourselves having some kind of vision. It's in the word of God, because if you stay in the word of God, he reveals himself through his word.
0: True. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. No, nope, that's spot on. And you know, it's, I've had numerous people and here's the, here's the funny th- caveat to that is I've had a lot of people come to me over this past year and say, you know, because I have partaken in Bible study with you or I've uh, listened to your sermons, I I'm really encouraged to just open my Bible more and read it. And and that's what preaching does to people. It's it's what it should do to people, is it should take and and put them into a uh, a mindset that they want to go and read the scriptures for themselves. And yeah, I have I have one person in my congregation, and she, I, I love her to death. She's so funny. Uh, every Sunday I preach a text. She gets her Bible out. Goes to that page, and then anytime I reference other passages, she's flipping there just to make sure I'm saying the right things. <laughs> that's awesome, and I mean, that's great. Yeah, and 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 that's, that's what, what we're called to do, right? That's what we're called to do, and that's what this Holy Spirit does in us is is it gives us this drive to open the Scriptures and read it for ourselves. Yeah, and and here's the thing: if you're going to like a Stephen Furtick church, and he's talking about how there's stuff that Jesus can't do. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. None of that stuff. Yeah, none of that stuff is going to drive you to go and read. I mean, it might if you if you have discernment, because then you could be like, is he full of it? If you're
1: you're listening to Stephen Furtick, you need to be checking. Right. You need to be checking. They should be. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But but yet they 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 accept it and they drink the Kool Aid and they go on about their day. Blind. And it's frustrating because in these in the church climate today. You know, we compete with the mega churches. And a small country town church like mine does not have the funds or the background to compete with big box churches. And and we really don't even have the funds or the 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 ability to compete with churches that are not necessarily big box, but bigger. And I mean we get about a hundred and twenty-five on our roster, and we get about forty to fifty people every Sunday. But there's churches a couple towns over from us that have in the hundreds. And the question is, is are these people being preached a biblical message or are they being entertained? And which is why the numbers grow at an exponential rate. Well, yeah.
1: And and again, this goes to nourishment. I mean, you know, true spiritual nourishment is going to come from a, 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 from good theology, which equals solid sound doctrine, which then spills over into the congregation. And, you know, and then you can, you can see like, you know, Hey, I'm going to you, if you're saying you're a disciple of Christ, then you know you're going to be you're going to be bent towards pursuing the truth and and to pursue truth you know you must abide in God's word in His truth that's that's Scripture you know His He His is the only truth not if if it's, if it's not aligning to Scripture mm-hmm. right then it's it's yep. then and we're talking about. Um, Obviously, there's scientific truths, okay? I, I just want people to, you know, it's like you have to explain everything nowadays. Somebody will come back and be like, well, this isn't in the Bible, so is it not true? We're, mm. we're talking about the things of God, the things of, uh, you know, for salvation and being a disciple of Christ, abiding in his word, and that truth comes from the word of God, right? And you want to, per- yep. you pursue it, like like that, that that lady who is, you know, checking you, Right? She's pursuing right. yep. truth to be, you know, because you're nourishing her and she wants
0: to be sure what you're nourishing her with is like solid, like good solid food, right? Right. right. Exactly. And that's you know, that's one of the things that I really have to like I every week and, and you can ask my wife, uh it is a painstaking process for me to write a sermon because I I wrestle with what I'm writing. It it's it's can take me multiple days sometimes. Um if I could do it all in one day, it's 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 a pretty good sign that I, I'm not gonna like it. And so generally what I do is I wrestle with the text for a couple of days, and then I sit down and I write a little bit, uh, and then I wrestle with it some more, and then I write some more and wrestle, you know, back and forth. And I'm always coming out and asking my wife, Well, what do you think about this direction? What do you think about that? Do you think people would be interested in this? Like this Sunday, I'm we're going back to our least of these, or not, no, that's my podcast. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. I'm going to hang up the mic. I'm done. Um, we're, we're going back to our Bible study, our Bible school, Sunday school Bible stories. And that's like a huge tongue twister. I really should have thought about that before I named it. So we're, we're basically what we're doing in this series in the church is going through all of the popular Sunday school stories that you heard uh, growing up. You know, the creation, Adam and Eve, and then Abraham and the promise, and then the patriarchs and then Moses and then Daniel in the lions den, Job and and Jonah, you know, all Samson, all these major players in the Old Testament. We're going to cover all that. And so we took a break uh 5 weeks for Advent and now we're going back into it this Sunday and so I I got to thinking about this. You know, we've covered Abraham, not, you know, extensively, but we hit some of the big points with him. And now we're going to move on to Isaac, his son. And there's just not a lot that Isaac does. He he's kind of, and and I've read this in a few places. He basically um, is the son of a great patriarch, and he's the father of another great patriarch, and and he's just nestled in the middle. He does right, yep. And so now we've got. Um, You know this story that I'm going to preach on this weekend, and it's the Isaac versus Ishmael controversy, essentially. And because of the out of the Muslim faith, they seek and point to Ishmael as having, as being the one true patriarch. But we we also should recognize too that they didn't come until 600 years after the birth of Christ, Uh, and two, they don't have the full story. They can trace their genealogy because you know God tells. Uh, Hagar, that Ishmael will have, you know, his descendants will outnumber the stars. So we we know Ishmael is going to have a lot of kids. We know he's going to be the father of the Arab nations. That's that's a given. But the promise that God gives to Abraham is not for Ishmael. So we're going to get into that this weekend. And so that's the that's the wrestling that I come to the text with is how do I take this, simplify it, and and put it into a, a sermon. And and preach it, you know. And so, one of the things that I found was kind of interesting is like this concept of sibling, sibling rivalries, and because we have Isaac versus Ishmael, and we have Cain versus Abel, we have Jake, Jacob versus Esau, we have, you know, all of these in Genesis show us that God took the most dysfunctional people, and and still continued His promise through them. And so, we're going to get into that, and I'm pretty excited. It's you know that that's what I do is, is you know trying to wrestle with the text. and i I think if any pastors coming with that hasn't spent an entire week, six days at least wrestling with the text, then they shouldn't be on the stage preaching right. and And I think it's even further to say that if you know, okay, maybe they maybe they didn't wrestle with it six days, right? Because here's kind of how I'd structure my week. Uh, Sunday's my preaching day. And then I do a lot of church stuff on Sundays. So then Mondays, I generally don't do much or do anything church-related. I kind of have that as my day off, even though I do some stuff. Um, Tuesday, I start to work on my mental aspects of the text. And then by Wednesday and Thursday, I'm writing it down. And by Friday, I'm reviewing it. And then by Saturday, I sometimes take that as a day for family or I'll continue to wrestle with the text. And, and, I, and I'll... Have moments where I'll get up in the pulpit and I just won't even preach what I wrote because it's not what I am being led to preach. And and this is part of me wrestling with the text. Right. and And I think if a pastor is not doing that, and they're just getting up there and they're looking at five ways that God can make you you know happy in your life, then then they're not giving you the they're gospel. To it exactly. There's there's no promise given. In that,
1: yeah. Well, and you know, you know, the thing is with uh, you know pastors, uh, all of the disciples were were pastors, um, obviously except for Judas, and yep. right, and they were emulating our, our Savior. And you pastors, right? I mean, if you just think they were twenty four seven with with God, and and yeah. what they taught, what they wrote, you know, from God. And they passed it down. And so you, you're hitting an excellent point. Pastors need to, you know, you you want to emulate that. You want to be more Christ-like. That's what they were doing. That's what you, and we as con- the congregation should be doing the exact same thing. We're not exempt from that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think it's, uh, I think that <clears throat> is perfectly, falls along with a story that's in my newsfeed right now. And it's a picture of Spider-Man, and it's got Christ labeled. And then it's got imitate me as I imitate Christ, because that's what Paul mm-hmm. writes. And so it's got Paul, but it's like a little kid's Spider-Man costume. And then it's got me that's got a red bag over his head. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's the level of imitation that we find ourselves yeah. in Because, you know, at the end of the day, we're, we're, we're not going to be able to fully walk out our time with Christ, you know, as well as the apostles right. did. It, but. Right. But, you know, and 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 here's a big thing too. And, and my wife and I have actually really had some really deep conversations about this. When it comes to technology, we find ourselves in this generation of being—I want to say—the most we're the most privileged generation to walk the face of this earth. We have all the information we ever want within the palm of our hand. I can get on Google or Dogpile or whatever search engine, and I can find anything I want about anything I want. I can re- search the entire history, uh, according to the secular world, the uh, of humanity, within seconds. Yeah. I have any a information, any answer to any question within minutes, seconds right. in right. my hand. Right. We're not reading books anymore. We're not studying, you know, the depths of things anymore. We're just taking it at face value and and rolling with it. I mean. And, and here's here's kind of what I find to be funny. I, I think the movie was called Idiocracy. Mm-hmm. If that's right, Do I don't remember, remember that, that movie. movie no, I, I th- it came out a number of years ago, and it has um, oh goodness, what's his name? Um, oh, I can't even remember. He's been in some Will Ferrell movies, and I can't think of his name. But he was the main character. And basically, what happens is he goes like in travels in time to the future of the United States, and everybody's just completely dumb. And they're to the extent that they forgot the use of water, and so they try to water the plants with gatorade, and nothing's growing <laughs> I mean that's the stupidity that I think we're on track yeah, to I reach. Would say absolutely because we don't take the the time to cultivate what prior civilization's done. Is technology a good thing? Absolutely. I mean, we're able to record a podcast like this and we've got the technology that we can take both of these audio clips, put them together, package it up nicely and distribute it for the whole world to hear. That's amazing. But I I think what we find, especially as Christians today, that we're more wrapped up in our Instagram and Facebook reels. And we want to watch video. We want to be entertained. We don't want to seek information on our own and and it's killing the church yeah it it absolutely is just killing the church because we're we're, you know as a preacher i'm trying to be up there preaching you know to get these people into the word of god through the power of the holy spirit and and whether they do or not it's on them but at the end of the day it's like you know what what am i going to do when i go home am i going to actually go sit in my office like every pastor in the you know, before me is done and, and read scripture and cultivate and dig it up and need it and Or am I just gonna sit on my phone and watch reels all yeah. day.
1: People want a quick hit. They and, want a quick hit and they yeah. they, they want yeah. something instant fast and the reality of how we're bent we're we are bent uh to be lazy. And lazy yeah. Christians, um, I think you can see what you know, you we reap what we sow, and we have a just the pulpit full of, of folks that are, are would rather focus on on what you know feeding you know somebody's appetite and and and, and doing surveys of what they want and what do you think you know uh, it should be and uh, what do you find is is most attractive about a church things like this that are just not biblical because. You're asking people who don't even get into scripture this mm-hmm. kind of a question, so they're they're going to answer from a, what they know, which is the world. And, and, and we're all we were all like that at one point. I mean, I'll be the first to admit yeah, it. I absolutely. will be the first to admit yeah. it. I'm not trying to point mm-hmm. a finger or, or throw the stone in mm-hmm. a glass house. I'm just I'm saying that when you're awakened to what exactly what you're talking about and and what you're what you're trying to convey, and you you know, you want to change and you want other people to know this truth. It's not, you know, you know, it's interesting. I I think the people that have an aversion to truth, I I think it's really a sign of like this serious spiritual disease or there is no spiritual life, you know, when they are just, they don't want to, no, 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 I I, don't, don't point me to scripture, you know, or, or or they want to call out scripture as you know, being hateful and, you know, and just tear it apart There's something, there's something deeply, uh, a deep rooted issue there. And uh, again, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to call somebody not a Christian, but they need to do an assessment and an evaluation on their spiritual life because, uh, you know, you need to be nourished. And the only way to be nourished is by the word of God. That's it.
0: That's it. That's it. Market and package it, and let's uh, close. The yeah, door I know. Exa- <laughs> Can't get any better. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh,
1: yeah. So, hey, man, it is 2021. It's the uh, second to last day of 2021. So, I want to wish you a yeah, new happy New yeah. Year, Alex.
0: Yeah, happy New Year's to you too. And and you know, it's it's been it, it's been a privilege and an honor to know you as a brother in Christ. And I and I think it's what's what's really unique in our relationship is, is the one opportunity that we got thus far in our lives to, uh, have a meal together. And, and I, and I've shared it a few times, I think on this show, but I thought it was just, it's so funny that we can, again, we could probably talk for another hour or two or five on just topics. I mean, when we, when we had lunch in in Baltimore a couple years ago, it was, uh, it was a three hour lunch. You know, and we just we just sat and talked at Chick Fil A yep. forever, yep. and it was yeah. awesome. Yeah, I feel
1: the same way. I feel blessed to to have met you and um, and, and this this relationship that God is cultivating, and, and what the fruit it's bearing. Right, let's go back to coin that phrase: the fruit it's bearing. It, yeah. it's yeah. it's really you know it's in line with scripture and it's in line with brothers and sisters in Christ and who we're going to spend eternity with. And it gets me super excited because, um, you know, like you said, I didn't, I didn't know you at all, but I, I know it's crazy how that is when you meet brothers and sisters in Christ. And I think it's, it's one of the most wonderful blessings, you know, um, when you go, I, you know, I just recently went to a new church and, um, you know, in meeting some of the congregation and, and meeting the pastor, it's like, Talking to them, it's it's effortless. It's effortless, yeah. and it's it's all because of Christ, and that's mm-hmm. that's the way heaven is going to be. And it's it's just yeah. I don't know, blows my mind every time I talk about it. But uh, I, yeah, I
0: know it's 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 a it's a profound mystery that's so wonderful. Yeah, that's and that's the blessing of being part
1: of the body of Christ. Right, that that's the blessing. Uh, right. Because you won't get that anywhere else. No. It's all superficial yep. outside of the body of Christ. It really is. Well, this is a uh, good time to wrap it up. Uh, thanks for joining good me, day. Alex. Uh, this is Anthony, and we just want to wish everybody who's listening a happy new year. Blessed New Year 2022. Happy New Year. Uh, be in the Word, and uh, be faithful to God, and we wish you all the best. God bless. God bless.